Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in, like you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? I'm ready. It is one of those episodes where I really feel like I have to loosen my throat. Why is that? I don't know. My throat's feeling tight. Have we started the episode? Uh, is this the beginning? So big. How big can your throat be, Henry? It can be four quarters big. <laughs> four quarters? Four quarters wide. That's I a will, lot. I was watching a lot of the um, FBI interrogation footage of Israel Keys. Mm-hmm. right? There's about six hours of it. Um, and it is fucking boring. <laughs> it's boring, huh? There's quite a bit of it that's very boring. But the one of it that I thought was interesting is that the very beginning of all of the videos is like they just let the camera roll uh-huh. while hit this piece of shit is sitting and waiting for them to come in. Sure. And I was like, I want to get in the head of a serial killer. I want to see what it's like because this is like a fly in the wall. We'll never see this kind of shit before. You never see something like this before in your normal time. And and just watch a, watch a serial killer sit in 10 minutes of pure silence right you sit and watch this video and it is 10 full real time minutes (laughs) well sure sure. i'm just sitting and i was like okay well this is this is where i'm gonna unlock the keys this is where i'm gonna unlock the personality (laughs) and then it cuts to him he's going where's my coffee well he needs his coffee hey what's up everyone this is the last podcast on the left i am ben kissel I'm with Marcus Parks in beautiful New York City, and you know who else is joining us? It smells like baloney. Oh. Uh, that's fun. We're having fun here. You making fun of my uh, my Lou Pearlman uh, themed cologne? <laughs> the Lou Pearlman cologne or the Michael Jordan cologne? What was better? Oh. We remember that Michael Jordan cologne? Mm-hmm. It was all. I think it was sweat scented. Uh, yeah, it was like s- sweat and pig leather. It was like whatever the basketballs made out of. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we have Henry Zebra. With us, he's the baloney man. Good work! Wow, <laughs> Henry, you're taking my chance. It's the only job that I have. You failed. Oh no! All right. Well, we're going to talk about a dude who is an ultimate failure today. For some reason, the fans have really been wanting this guy, and uh, I don't fully know why. I guess we'll get into it. <laughs> I think this is a this is not a fan service episode, but we've heard this piece of shit's name so often over the last couple of years. We thought. 
why don't we get into this rat face piece yeah, of shit? Yeah, why not? So we're going to cover this dude. It's relatively recent history. Yeah. Uh, his name is Israel Keys. And I'll tell you what, wa- watching those uh, the FBI interrogation videos, I learned nothing. Yeah. Nothing. All right. And of course, I do have to clarify, Israel Keys, no relation to Alan Keys. We want to make sure, <laughs> we just want to make sure that that is clear. Well, Israel Keys was a nomadic serial killer from Washington State and Alaska who, between possibly 19 19- 96 and definitely 2012 killed at least four people through shooting, stabbing, or strangulation. Although the FBI believes the body count is more like 11 at the very least. He's also a four eyed, <clears throat> tiny chin, butt sucking nerd who is <laughs> well, somewhere between Robert Hansen and BTK, which to me means he's a diaper boy that needs to be thrown <laughs> in the trash. No reason to demean the butt suckers out there. Nothing wrong with that. Well, Keyes was actually a serial killer fanboy from a young age, worshipping mm. Ted Bundy in particular. However, it wasn't necessarily Bundy's killing methods that Keyes admired. Rather, it was Bundy's ability to live a double life. Mm. But the thing was, some people did suspect Ted Bundy before he was caught. Yeah. Yeah. Keys is actually more like Dennis Rader in that absolutely nobody suspected him, as Keys was a father of one who owned a successful contracting business in Anchorage. He well, built a jungle gym once. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and as we learned from, about contractors when covering uh, John Wayne Gacy, they can do no wrong. <laughs> you know, if you tell me you have a successful contracting business... Are you the next president? Like, wow, I can't believe you. If you can't trust someone in construction, why who there, can you trust? Why are there so many lies in construction? I don't know. They build massive things. Maybe that's the double life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they build things we can all reside in, but it's all built on lies. But interestingly, even though it could be said that Israel Keys has much more in common with BTK in both method and lifestyle, mm-hmm. Keyes said he wasn't a fan of Dennis Rader. Because in his opinion, BTK was, quote, a wimp for apologizing for his crimes. I don't know if I could, I don't, I didn't know that I could have the same amount of disdain uh, come out of me for a person Mm -hmm. that BTK originally made me feel that I am now attaching to Israel Keys. Israel Keys is almost, in a fucked up way, making me defend BTK. Whoa, why? How? <laughs> we'll get to Israel Key's sudden demise and how that, to me, makes him a weak, pe- weak, right, versus BTK, who actually saw his bullshit through the end. I'm sitting here. I'm in BTK's corner now. Wow. That, this guy must be pretty bad. Regardless, Israel Keys was essentially a nomadic Dennis Raider without the bondage or need for recognition. He, like BTK, would likely have never been caught if he hadn't communicated with the world. But isn't a part of being a serial killer and wanting to be a serial killer getting the recognition? This is where we'll get into this debate. Of course. Yeah, we will. Although I don't know if that's always the case. You look at the uh, the east side. What was it? The uh, the east area. Or east area rapist. The original killer. Night Stalker. Yeah, yeah, the original Night Stalker. He didn't seem too happy no. with the press. <laughs> I think he would have been just fine if the DNA never came back and... Uh, 
and pinned him down. But Israel Keys did want it. And mm-hmm. we will yeah. see why he did secretly upon secretly, secretly did want it because it's why he got arrested in the first fucking place. Mm. Well, the way in which he was captured certainly wasn't as dumb as BTK's floppy disk fiasco. <laughs> Israel Keys contacted the family of one of his victims not as a way to join the annals of serial killer history, but to increase the level of adrenaline. Hmm. See, Israel Keys was not your psychotic spree killer, nor was he killing for company or profit exclusively. Israel Keys, again like BTK, killed simply because he liked it. He was controlled, meticulous, and until the end, disciplined. Hmm, okay. He's a fucking nerd. <laughs> it sounds like it. Sounds like it. But while people like Nancy Grace like to play up Keys as a sophisticated monster, inflating the body count into the 30s, 40s, or even 50s to make him seem like more than what he really is, we think Keys could best be described as... The new metal serial killer. I'd put really? it that way. He is, uh, I'd say, yeah, he's the equivalent to, of serial killers to a well-razored chin strap beard. <laughs> Interesting. So what are we talking here when we say new metal? Who's coming up? We got uh, Godsmack? Uh-huh. Is that on the list? Oh, definitely. Well, for those of you who missed the late 90s and early 2000s. I'm sorry, first of all, because that <laughs> was really the height of culture. Golden and, age. Uh, you shouldn't be listening to this show if you no. missed those time periods, right? I have, uh, if I have, now I find a 10 Bud Lights Deep, uh-huh. I will talk to anyone about the 90s. Is the greatest decade that ever existed. You travel back to the 90s. You really do. New Metal, spelled N-U. Thank you for clarifying. It was a particularly embarrassing phase of rock music, best exemplified by bands like Korn, Mudvayne, Limp Bizkit, Papa Roach, Evanescence, and the worst one, Lincoln Park. Okay. Can we all agree that's the worst one? Well, <laughs> of course we can agree that's the worst. They're easily the worst. Lincoln Park was the band that made me go look at new metal and go, wait a minute. What am I what? doing to myself? <laughs> what am I listening to? I'm going to have to put on my defense cap <laughs> what? because I don't think corn is bad. Corn's no, first Korn album. Good. I love Corn's first two album. albums are very good. I'm just not going to lump them in with Lincoln Park. Corn is enjoyable. I don't know if I would call them. Good. I like the first album. I'm with you. It's good. This is yeah. where we agree, but it's never a defense cap. In in the UK, which you'll see, lawyers wear wigs. <laughs> well, I, then I put on the wig. Well, both extremely aggressive and horribly whiny at the same time. Which is fucking Israel keys to a fucking team. Yep. New metal was the music of choice for both rebellious, overly emotional dickhead kids like myself and dead-eyed, overzealous, evangelical, alcoholic atheists who never matured past the age of 15 like Israel keys. Oh. Serial Keys is the most, uh, you're not my dad, of serial killers that I've ever seen. Well, in particular, Keys was a huge fan of the more theatrical new metal bands like Coal Chamber and Slipknot. I love Slipknot. Yeah, I love Slipknot too. But they, you got to admit, both bands share a certain pouty rage. Mm-hmm. And, sure. and I will admit, yes, I still listen to Slipknot from time to time. Yeah, I you just... better get the fucking mess. Yeah. yeah, that's the funniest thing about metal. I got to go see a metal show recently, and when they put on their masks, they really are different people, mm-hmm. but the 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 um, dressing room, it just looks like a sketch group. It just looks like they're, and then like before they before they put on the mask and before they get really metal, they are just really sensitive people trying Damn. to watch their carbs. But when they put on the mask, they, I remember I saw some interview with the lead singer of Slipknot, and I guess he was the bassist or the tambourine player. 
player. They have, I think they have an evil tambourine player. <laughs> I think right? so, yeah. Uh, the guy who at least who's on the fucking, he's like, these are the blood marimbas. <laughs> like, he's on one of those things. But it was the, the main leader guy was in his like spike mask or whatever. And he was like, you don't understand the dark veins of Slipknot. But then the, the evil tambourine player guy was doing the thing where he was like, like from the movie The Intruders mm-hmm. or The Strangers, oh, yeah. where he was coming up to the camera and doing the head to the side. Always like, with the head to the side, the head tilt to the, the side to side. And for every new metal guitarist yeah. all had the head tilt from side to side. I don't well, know why. They, I guess it made him look crazy. No, it's because so. they. It's because one of their mothers had a Maltese, and they realized every time the Maltese is like, the Maltese gets a treat, and of course they want a treat, and I also do love that the lead singer of Slipknot apparently sounds like a really goth macho man Randy Savage, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, but I do appreciate the costumes and the yeah, pageantry. I love a show. I love I a love show, props, too. I love the sets. I know. But that's where Alice Cooper and all the rest of them, oh, they the kind of had a sense of humor with it. Where Slipknot, I think they're starting to get it a little bit. I mm. think they had a sense. I saw them back in Lubbock in like 99, 2000, somewhere around there, and they were fantastic. And by right. the way, Cold Chamber broke up on stage in Lubbock after one <laughs> uh, dude hit the other with a guitar, and the guy who got hit went up to the microphone. Stop it. He, went the, hit me? he went up to the microphone and said, This is the last Cold Chamber show ever! <laughs> and walked off stage. Uh, I'm, telling, right. I'm telling our guidance counselor, our rock and roll guidance counselor. About got, this. I'm sorry, guys. I got to end Uncle Corner. We cannot talk about not these bands. Can we just get back to Israel Keys? Well, the point is, well, I'm of course not saying that Israel Keys was in any way inspired or driven by these bands. He certainly had that sullen, know-it-all, <clears throat> fuck-the-world mentality that made new metal so attractive to teenagers like myself in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. He just thought he was so much smarter <sighs> than everybody else and that he was this fucking evil genius. Mm. That could he was playing everybody against each other when when it comes down to it, there's a lot that can be said for having a fuck ton of patience when patience is the thing that makes you horny. Mm-hmm. Weird. Now I will admit that the total and complete randomness of the crimes of Israel Keys could certainly send a shiver down your spine. Absolutely, and the, uh, anybody that is the type of the reason why I think that we also have a knee jerk reaction to people like Israel Keys and to BTK is because of the the planning aspect of their crimes and the idea that they sit and case your house. Mm-hmm. That is an all of true crime. I'm certain that's probably one of the scariest things in oh, the world. Yeah, is that the idea that someone with the with the sort of diabolical patience of like BTK who could break into your home, hide in your bedroom closet and mm. wait all night until you go to sleep. That's fucking bone chilling. Yeah. yeah, that's what Ramirez used to do. That's why every 15 minutes, step out your front door and just say, "Get Get out of here. Where are you? Get out of here. Where are you? And then Who goes some, there? if someone is there, they will be shook. I always do that. My I'm apartment, my apartment yeah. complex loves it, but they also know I'm a reformer. Yeah. yeah, of course. You're a big time changer. Yeah. Well, meticulously planning each murder and targeting people at campgrounds and isolated houses around the country, Keys was the worst case scenario that pops into your head when you're in a remote location. Mm. And we're not minimizing the immeasurable amount of pain and suffering that Keys inflicted on his victims and their families. But at the end of the day, while Israel Keys is indeed fascinating, he's more of a bargain bin BTK than a criminal mastermind. Fucker. Shots, <laughs> you piece of shit. Uh, shots fired, but, my uh, God. There is something because 
He's not the fucking Riddler. No. Okay? No. He is not no. stealing the Hope Diamond from the Smithsonian. No. He is not a criminal mastermind. <laughs> that requires knowing many people's schedules, and you gotta oh. hack things, yeah. and you gotta put a VR helmet, you gotta get a surveillance van, you gotta get a tiny Asian guy that can fit through the fucking, like, the, the ventilation systems yeah. in order to get into the safe. You, you gotta get a facial scar. You got the facial <laughs> scar? Yeah, That's makeup. That. that takes two years in a beauty school to learn how to do oh, that. absolutely. You gotta get smoke grenades to see the lasers. There's a lot of stuff in being a mastermind. He just has patience. And yeah. I think it's a part of the reason why we, we, there's the constant debate of like stuff like, uh, there's no way humans built the pyramids and all that kind of shit. But if you have bodies and time yeah. to throw at this shit in generations, you could figure out how to build these huge of uh, these huge things. Perseverance is there's a lot to be said for it. Yeah. Because that's what Israel Keys had, where he could sit and sit and sit and plot out his time. That doesn't make you smart. No. It, no. it just makes you... Th- because especially if it's the thing that's extending your pleasure. You shouldn't even get an award for the thing that is the thing that makes you pop harder when you do the murder. <laughs> Bodies in time. An interesting assessment of slavery. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's what built That's actually pyramids. being challenged now. What? They're saying that a lot of the pyramids are being... They were actually built by craftsmen. That there was a, there was many talented people also All right, also we'll talk about that on we're Side Stories because that's uh, going to get us to a whole another p- bunch of trouble. But before we get into the story of Israel Keys, let's acknowledge our main source today, Devil in the Darkness by mm. J.T. Hunter, which is it's a pretty standard true crime paperback, but I would recommend it if you want to know more about the investigation. And okay. there's also so many documentaries. Oh, and I watched the Oxygen series and watched all this stuff. An Oxygen series it may as well just be like, Ladies, are you afraid? Good. Let's start now. Hey, ladies, wake up. Were you about to fall asleep in a hotel room? Don't fall asleep because the maid's trying to kill you. Whoa, that's not good. They're so paranoia-inducing. Oh, Oh, I know. They're scary, yeah. So, without further ado, let's get into the story of Israel Keys. Born on January 7th, 1979 in Richmond, Utah, Israel Keys was the child of Heidi Hawkinson and John Keys. While his father seems to be a total non-entity, his mother naturally played a huge role in his development. Lame daddies really do end up ruining things. They can, they can. It's also sad to be born in Richmond when everyone's like, oh, Virginia, I love it. They're like, Utah. (laughs) No, it's Richmond to Utah. I'm sorry. While you might think it's the same old story of abuse that we've heard so many times before, the way that Heidi influenced Keyes was through her attraction to the more cult-like religions. Mm. See, when Israel was born, his parents were Mormons living in Utah. But pretty soon after that, they started drifting over to a more fundamentalist way of thinking, naming their subsequent children Isaac, Charity, Hosanna, and Sunshine. Oh. Well, now, where does Sunshine come in? Is that a That's biblical the weird term? one. Yeah. yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Sunshine, if you're named Sunshine, a lot of times you just end up being a person that's got like a butt plug in at all times. <laughs> well, why Which would I you? mean, if you want to, it's not the end. Tickle the pickle if you got to. But Absolutely. Have fun with it. By the time Israel was five or so, his family chose an off-the-grid lifestyle and moved to a small cabin with no electricity outside of Colville, Washington, to join a fundamentalist Christian identity movement church known as the Ark. Now, no, if you don't know what Christian identity is, a part of the Christian identity is the idea that um, Jewish people are not really Jewish people, mm-hmm. that actually white people 
are Jewish people. <laughs> All right. like, the, the white people are the ch- are chosen by God. Yeah. Hey, buddy, I don't know. I'm not telling anyone to isolate that footage to be used against you later, taken out of context. It's <laughs> just fine. Oh, so they have this whole thing about, I was reading about Christian identity, and they have this whole thing called serpent seed. Have you thought about this? The dual Ooh. seed theory, where just this, this whole, like, was one of the Gnostic Bibles had a whole side story where Eve actually was fucked by the snake and that that baby was Cain that slid out of her and that's where Jewish people come from which is where it takes the right turn where I'm gonna be like this stop being metal about a sentence ago seems a little anti-semitic Cain's a serpent kid no it's like a whole thing about the serpent seed is the other side of the stuff it's all made up yeah yeah sons of Cain uh, I've heard quite a bit yeah interesting well, although the Ark now has the softer name of Our Place Fellowship Church, the oh. Ark believes that European whites are actually God's chosen ones, not the Jews, citing Old Testament scripture as prophecy. They think that it's hmm. Americans, the British, and Western Europeans that are the real chosen people. In fact, this yeah. is what their website says, quote, The Jewish peoples of today may be great folks. <laughs> it's just that they're not the true descendants of ancient Israel. Can they really be this anti-Semitic? They named their kid Israel. Yeah. It's weird. I don't right? understand how this is working out. No, they're reclaiming it for white people. Yeah, and Israel is not Israel. Israel is America. See? So God is just like, I need a bunch of people with horrible teeth and crackly bones up here. <laughs> well, so we're going to Europe. It started with this other British, I think it was called British Identity or something like that, where it was the this group of British Christian preachers sort of thing being like, but they were, I think it was, they were pro-Jewish. They were like, we love the Jews. We love their energy. We love their ideas. We love the Tony Hats. We love you. But they were like, but you're not really Jews. British people are. But then huh. they ran with it in America and twisted it into an anti-Semitic thing. Well, the other thing is just weirdly, it's not pro-Semitic. It's just very strange. All right. Sounds yeah. kind of odd. Yeah. And it's not that big of a jump from Mormonism because, you know, Mormons believe that America is the promised land and that Jesus came to America way back when and the Garden of Eden is actually somewhere in Missouri. Of course. Uh, and that, you know, Native, it's very, they went from being anti-Native American to being anti-Jewish. Okay. Yeah. Why the jump? <sighs> they just felt like it. Bored. Should, they well, get bored. They, they want get, to rebel. Well, they get bored, and his mother was not. They, uh, I think, one of the family friends said that she switched religions like she was playing musical chairs. Oh. She just kept going from one to the next to the next to the next. But it was always the ones with the cult-like mentality. I see. What's so sad about musical chairs is the chairs actually don't make music. It's the people. <laughs> No, the music is made music. Humans are not singing and dancing no, and then stopping. And no, no, they don't the sing and dance because you have to have because if the, that that, that would my mom used to sing. My mom used to sing. Well, she essentially takes the role of a stereo. Then. Yes, exactly. And oh, so she just go like. I don't want to. You can have her. She's too fat for me. Hey, she's too fat for me. Hey, she's too fat for me. And then you all understand. But was she playing the game too? No. She was helping weird. me, she was a me weird win family. Well, while the Jewish people of today may be great folks, sounds a little milk toast when compared to a lot of other Christian identity rhetoric, that's because it's been greatly toned down from what they were spouting back in the 90s. Mm. See, this was the community that produced Chevy and Shane Kehoe, who grew up just half a mile down the road from Israel Keys. 
1995, the virulently white supremacist Chevy Kehoe murdered a family of three and dumped them in a swamp. But I'll say what you want about the Chevy Kehoe, but that four-wheel drive is incredible if you're going off-road. <laughs> really, really powerful. So That's they... why he was named Chevy, because his dad was super into Chevrolets. That's oh true. God. That's where we bred you. That's where we made you, and that Chevy right there. And that's why your brother's named Dodge Dart. <laughs> Ooh, I do like a Dodge Dart. It's a cool car. But it's interesting, because you want to say... Like, well, yes, he was uh, he was violently racist, but and he was g- born in a cult, so I mean, that's got nothing to do with the murders the, that happened later on. But the Gehoe brothers also are in there, so and sort of being the same Weird. thing we found about Timothy McVeigh. It seems to me, and I may be out of line here, mm-hmm. that this pro-white nationalist shit might make people pretty aggressive. Hashtag brave. You said it. You said it. Yep. And speaking of Timothy McVeigh, if the name Kehoe sounds familiar to listeners, that's because the Kehoe brothers were sometime residents of Elohim City, Uh-oh. which had quite a few connections to the Oklahoma City bombings, which you can hear more about on our Oklahoma City series. I'm Absolutely. certain that none of this has anything to do with each other, though. None <laughs> of this is remotely so. connected no, in any way, shape, no, or form. No, no, no. Not the, no, the weird stripes of hate in this country certainly does constantly breed chaos and mayhem that then breeds more and more chaos and mayhem deep into the future until the, the entire country sinks to the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's possible. Yeah. But even though Keese admittedly did not hold white supremacist views, he, like the Kehoe brothers, was homeschooled. Now, it goes without saying that most homeschooled kids don't become psychopaths. Oh, yeah, of course. But when it came to a kid like Israel Keyes, the lack of socialization certainly had an impact. See, we're in the camp that both nature and nurture play a role in the development of most serial killers. But in rare cases, such as Israel Keyes or Dennis Rader, nature is a much bigger part of the equation than nurture. See, I was homeschooled for two years, and I had a wonderful time with my mother. We would go to Piggly Wiggly, go to Fazoli's. Mm-hmm. I think it was actually one of the more better learning experiences I ever had. It sounded like you didn't go to school. No. You just wanted to go eat at restaurants. <laughs> yeah, my mom would let me sleep until noon, and yeah, you know. So yeah. nothing has changed. Did you... Uh, didn't you breastfeed until you were like seven? No, but I was able to breastfeed when I was a baby, unlike you, because I had lips that <laughs> worked. I thought you breastfed for like a long time, right? You make up so <laughs> many this stories about Marcus and I. Constantly yeah. revising no, his you. story. No, you just make shit up. I, I, remember, I don't remember. You are making that up. No, I remember you saying <laughs> no, a joke I about never... you me like you knew that you was too old for you to breastfeed because you, you could stand and do it in the kitchen. You just put Marcus and I in all of the stories that you hear, and then you just well, hey man at least you're a part of my memories I'm, thank yeah. you well no lo- no matter how long ben breast i did for. not breastfeed for too long <laughs> i barely breastfed at all from your my sister is the best gift giver i've ever met of any person it's jackie zabrowski she shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and christmases i have no idea how she does it I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. 
We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. When guys like Israel Keys and Dennis Rader, when they're already predisposed to murder and they're isolated in their childhood, their detachment from humanity only grows. Well, they certainly don't get taught no. that that your actions have instant reverberations right. with human beings. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you have that white supremacist thing going on as well, you're already taught that there are people in this world that are lesser than. Well, mm-hmm. that's the whole, they say, be so, they, that was the, part of the thing they took from the Bible was that Adam and Eve, they are the only, tr- they were true, they were white people and that they were the ones that raised out of the, what they call like the beasts of the jungle, whatever mm-hmm. it was, which was that they twisted into that meant everybody else that wasn't white. Mm. Yeah. So you create this idea immediately. You had the seed planted. Like, you're already weirdly in a uh, an emotionless realm as a boy, and then you have a seed planted saying, you're superior to other human beings. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You're superior to other human beings, and there are other human beings that are worth less than you. Oh, and not just worth less than you, but worth nothing. Okay. And it's not like his victims were non-white. I think all of his victims were white, actually. But he still had this thought that, you know, some people are worth less. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm worth more. All right. As far as we know, Israel Keys didn't necessarily have a bad childhood, just a somewhat erratic one, just like millions of other people. But like many other killers, Israel showed signs of what he would become at a young age. 
See, Israel was fond of carrying around a handgun wherever he went from the age of 14. And along with a buddy of his, they'd burglarize houses, although they never hurt anyone as far as we know. But it mm. seemed like the way Israel Keys painted it is that he was like the leader. They, yeah. like, which is we saw, you know, with Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold and these kinds of like, and I mean, as a kid, when you run around in a group of kids like doing weird shit, it's like, you know, we did a little bit of vandalism and shit as, yeah. as little kids. Oh, but there was always to, yeah. one kid that was like the leader of the group yeah. that right. was really getting the kicks and that's what israel did and like forced other people along with his games Mm -hmm. and you know of course when you're doing home burglaries you want to be in a white supremacist neighborhood because what do white supremacists all have so much money and they have so (laughs) many cool collectibles they have hummels they love hummels yeah they do they love hummels love hummels what is he stealing beef jerky from these people what's going on i mean how many swatch like dinner plates do we have to have (laughs) exactly well, Israel and his friends had a falling out the day that Israel killed the cat. Oh. Israel's sister had a cat that was always getting into the trash. And Israel told her that if that cat got in the trash one more time, he'd kill it. I'll tell you when it can't, it can't. And it actually, you know, because cats are really just like rats, right? <laughs> so get cat gets in the garbage one more time. I'm going to treat it like a rat, okay? And I'm going to get rid of it, okay? God, Israel, you're, <laughs> oh, God, you're very annoying for a master race. You don't sound so masterish to me. And, of course, the cat got to the trash again. Oh. So Israel took the cat up into the woods with his friend, along with one of his other sisters, and tied the cat to a tree with a length of bungee cord. Then he brought out his twenty-two revolver and shot the cat in the stomach, laughing and laughing as the cat struggled against the cord. <laughs> Which is the worst laugh. That is one I of would the imagine things. So. I think that that... I don't know if you noticed that. If anybody else sits and watch the hours of footage of Israel Keys, his... Nervous reaction laugh to in laughing at his own jokes. And I'm a comedian. I laugh at my own jokes all the time, but I put a comedian on my taxes. Okay. Yeah. It's like, right. unfortunately, this is what I am. You're you're saddled with it. You and our listeners are saddled with this fucking fate. No, Israel I know. Keys yeah. laughs at every single fucking thing he says. <laughs> and he has one of the worst laughs I've ever heard. And it's just straight up like <laughs> But it makes awful. me laugh when you when you do that. Because <laughs> it is kind of funny. All right. This guy sounds he's really adding up to be one of the biggest pieces of shit we've covered so far. Oh, yeah. His friend was so disgusted, he threw up. Oh. And after that, nobody wanted to go into the woods with Izzy anymore. Yeah. Fine, you want to have a good time? That's cool. No, yeah. I just don't want to kill a cat with you again. It was horrible. <laughs> you mean have a good time you know, like that? that? Was... <laughs> <laughs> your laugh... Israel, your laugh is horrible. What are you Every... talking about? I'm, I'm not laughing. <laughs> 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 Sounds like a, a pig getting butt-fucked. <laughs> then, at 17, Israel began to rebel, declaring himself an atheist to his fundamentalist parents. Yeah, you can't tell me what to believe that i really it's strange right because everything every single thing he's doing is some sort of like weird protest against society oh my god now according to israel's future wife israel's parents used religion like a weapon using bible passages to justify their judgmental nature Mm. and it seems that the only wacky thing that israel actually inherited from his mother was a staunch opposition to vaccines oh brilliant thank you for measles everyone by the way (laughs) it's so nice to have another measles outbreak you know just the other day i was like what what would it feel like to be on the oregon trail he's like you know what i want to make a comeback 
Polio. Yeah, yeah let's get polio in oh, there. Oh, yeah, man. Get the, all, the old, all the old guys Who back in there. Who needs these the phony vaccines? <laughs> but it's viruses. Good Lord. <laughs> that was fantastic to get a letter in the mail the other day uh, letting Carolina know that she had been exposed to measles at the doctor's office a couple weeks ago. Thank right. you, non-vaxxers. <laughs> you <laughs> guys are you. so smart. So cool. <laughs> but at any rate... Israel's parents kicked him out of the house, and soon after they kicked him out, they moved to Maine and joined an Amish community. Yeah. <laughs> They'll just take anybody. Yeah, yeah. just take anybody. And that, that, I mean, and they went to community after community after that, but they tried out the Amish thing for a while. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's right. a rough jump, man. Yeah. To go straight to no buttons yeah. and no zippers. Honestly, no, no buttons. No they, zippers. To go from they, zippers to no zippers is such a hard transition. I think they have zippers? No, no, no zippers. No, no, no. Amish people don't have zippers. They're no too zip- exciting. Really? <laughs> they, they have the word zip in them. Oh, that's true. I like the Amish though. I would vaca- I want to go on an Amish vacation for a weekend. You what can. do you mean? I just want to go do stuff. You hate work. (laughs) The Amish only work. I'm not going to be actually there to do any work. They will. I'm just. I'm just doing like like Colonial Williamsburg. No, you actually have to cobble a shoe. I tell you what, you're no good English. Yeah, look at you. You're as big as a cow with his hind feet. Oh, I see that as equal. Let's say we milk him. Oh, you'll at least be roasted by all these guys in floppy hats all day. That's kind of that's kind of mean, yeah. Well, around the time that Israel was kicked out of the house was when he might have committed his first murder. Mm. As we said up top, only four of Israel Key's murders have been confirmed, as Israel only gave up so much during his confession. Mm. And this murder, Israel never mentioned at all. But the timing of it certainly makes him the strongest suspect around. On May 3, 1996, a 12-year-old Special Olympics champion who competed in the prosthetics division disappeared after leaving her house. Her prosthetic legs were found a month later at the mouth of the Colville River, but her body would not be found for another two weeks Mm. when a group of children came across her skeletal remains in a wooded area. Which is a horrible story for us, but that was a cool moment for those kids. I I do understand where Henry's coming from. I understand, but it's one of those things that I think you think would be cool, but in reality, it's just that you're stock nightmare for the rest of your life. I don't know. As a as a boy, <laughs> I had less emotions as a boy. But how exciting would that have been mm. on a day trip for school? And it just been like, uh, stupid park, stupid, oh, I'm gonna hike, I'm gonna do some. Wait, what's that foot? Oh, oh cool, it's a foot. <laughs> Henry, if you, if you oh, listened, it's a foot. Well, it was in 1996 that Israel Keys, just 18 at the time, was mm. living just outside of Colville, Washington. Then, about a year or two after that, Keyes admitted to raping a teenage girl who had been tubing down the Deschutes River near Oregon. Well, Keyes claimed that this was actually his first violent sexual act. But as we know with killers like Ted Bundy and Richard Ramirez, their first victims are oftentimes children. Mm. And usually these guys don't admit to those first crimes, or at the very least, aren't as proud of them. So it's possible that the 12-year-old girl came first. Mm. I think it's interesting because it's true. A lot of times they're connected to some crime that's pretty despicable at a young age of a murder of a of specifically a very young person, which is when you're 18, you're looking for whatever is the thing you can dominate as fast as humanly possible. And mm. you can dominate a mm. child pretty easily, especially when it's just a ch- like a kid. Essentially, you are you you can do. But 
the way Israel Keys talks about himself and the way Ted Bundy would talk about later on, but Israel Keys being like, I birthed my second half in 2001. And I'll tell you what, nobody's known a single thing about me since then. <laughs> Which is the, what he says, right? Yeah. The idea that no one knew him. So there's something about, until they're ready to state this was actually the beginning of my serial killer career and nothing else to them counts up until then because it wasn't until they consciously decided because up until then they were just sort of beholden to these weird swinging impulses that they couldn't figure out if they wanted a controller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But either way, about a year later in 1998, Keyes enlisted in the Army and served as a specialist in Alpha Company, 1st Battalion, 5th Infantry, spending much of his time either stationed at Fort Lewis in Washington or Fort Hood in Texas. Bad Company! Uh-oh. <laughs> can't deny. No, you can't deny that. Yeah, you could see him and Timothy McVeigh really enjoying some Bad Company by Bad Company on Bad Company. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if they would be friends or arch enemies. That's kind of the <laughs> weird thing about people like this about dickheads yeah. yeah sometimes dickheads really love each other and sometimes dickheads become just mortal fucking enemies right, sorry right. they're noodles and there can only be one alpha dog in a pack now like a lot of these guys keys's time in the military was completely uneventful but strangely keys actually had some pretty anti-american beliefs because he took rage against the machine way too seriously so he Love joined rage. the army to piss people off and then he got mad at people in the army yeah. in order to piss off the army yeah well nothing says taking rage against the machine so literally that you join the machine <laughs> it really doesn't make a lot of sense Paul Fuck Ru- you rage against machine you can't tell me what to do Dude, I'm going to dance with the machine. Yeah, I'm going to go get screamed at by a drill sergeant every day of my life, because fuck you. You, you don't tell me what to do. Well, the only reason why he joined the army was actually, I mean, it's just to piss off his parents. My uh, dad did the same thing. Yeah, that's nice. No kidding. Yeah. Now, I'm sure that Keyes was probably all about having the chance to kill another person, just like Timothy McVeigh. But see, now this was 1998. Weren't a whole lot of combat zones available no. for a rank and file soldier. Mm. Yeah, you just was... have to go like guard Bill Clinton on his way to McDonald's. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but while stationed at Fort Lewis, Keyes decided to join a local singles chat line attached to the want ads of the de- of the Tacoma News Tribune. Hi, are you a sexy, simple man who loves <laughs> corn? Then you'll love me. My name's Tanya, and I'm made out of corn. <laughs> Ooh, I do like Tanya. Well, the way the chat line worked was that a person would leave a greeting that others could listen to. Then the people who listened to your greeting would leave a message in your inbox if they were interested. Hey, what's going on? Name's Israel, like the white country. Um, I love Slipknot, getting laid. And I love skateboards. <laughs> and that's my laugh, which accompanies me everywhere I go. Hey, Israel, Trucker Steve here. Saw your, I uh, listened to your voicemail, really interested in you. You want to meet me over at the truck stop? Uh, okay, you rough-sounding woman. <laughs> I can't wait to see Stab your guts with my love pencil. (laughs) But Israel had fucked up his message. (laughs) What an idiot. Is it 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 after the beep? Is is the beep before or after? Does the beep mean the end or the... That concludes your message. Are you satisfied? (laughs) In trying to leave a voice reply for another woman who had responded to his ad, Keyes had recorded over his original greeting. Yeah, I'll definitely smear that ass with my love jelly. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Did you, did you, will you love it? Is that the message? Which is at the beginning or the end of the... 
Oh, I don't. Are you Do satisfied I, with God, your recording? How much does this fucking cost me, bro? <laughs> well, luckily for Israel Keys, a woman known by the pseudonym of Tammy Hawkins mm. found his fuck up kind of cute. So, after discovering they were both really into new metal and Rob Zombie movies. That's <laughs> cool. It's cool, yeah. yeah the, is... the two of them made plans for a date, and after a long lunch, they took a drive. They ate dinner at Applebee's. Ooh. The best part about the special meal is that you can get apps with the dinner entree. <laughs> yeah, you can. I know all about that. And then they ended the night with a movie. And pretty soon after that, they were dating. I the... bet you they saw Pearl Harbor. <laughs> they may have. That's the perfect date. Yeah. Perfect day. Oh, yeah. But while Israel was deployed in the field, Tammy discovered that she was pregnant. Uh-oh. Oh. And that's when Israel came clean that he actually had a 19-year-old fiancé back in Colville. God, how do these guys get so many women? I don't know. So she got Applebee's pregnant? He whined and dined her day. This is an Applebee's no, they baby. they dated for a while oh, before okay. she got pregnant. Right. I'll yeah. tell you what. Yeah, those spring rolls. Yeah. Yeah. They make, they make you gape. I know it. I, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't know either, but no, Applebee's, it's a, it's a uh, what do you call it? Aphrodisiac. Aphrodisiac. You can, you get that. Yeah, there's nothing I want to do after eating at Applebee's. <laughs> nothing I want to do more than fuck. I don't know, man. Did you carbo load? You got a couple of BLs in you? But upon learning that Tammy was pregnant, Israel broke it off with the other girl, got an honorable discharge from the army, and eventually married Tammy Hawkins. Oh. Now, Israel wasn't without his faults at the time. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. According to Tammy, he was a pompous and arrogant control freak, in addition to being a high-functioning alcoholic who was known to drink a handle of liquor, a bottle of wine, and a six or a beer all in one night. And he's Every probably night. deeply bragging about how much he could drink at yes. all times, so everywhere, oh, yeah. anywhere he goes, being like, oh, that's all you're drinking? Nice work, pussy. Where <laughs> <laughs> just, I hate those. Uh, they drive me crazy. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Bud Light, yeah, I wanted to get you, uh, so I guess he wanted some water. I'm like, like that kind of <laughs> no, actually, Bud Light's really good because you can drink a lot of it. <laughs> that is their entire marketing campaign. Yeah. yeah. But still, Tammy loved Israel for some reason. Ugh. So in 2001, the two of them moved to a rental house on the Maka Indian Reservation because Tammy was a part of the tribe. Oh, cool. And that's where Israel got a job with the Tribal Council and the Parks and Recreation Department. You know how many times he'd go be like, um, that's not the way to properly fold a teepee, okay? <laughs> like, what you got to do is you got to get the flap of the other side, all right? You got to, like, pull it tight, kind of like you're wrapping up a body in a fucking cloth. <laughs> you know, please, my people, uh, my people uh, know how to do this, please. <laughs> Please get away from me. Please yeah. stop Native Americans explaining things to me. <laughs> I, mean, I think I know a little bit about being a Native American since I'm currently fucking one. Okay. <laughs> now, Tammy's job required her to travel quite a bit. So Israel, or Izzy, as she liked to call him, was spending a lot of time alone. Mm. She also noticed that around this time, Israel started to change. He started listening to exclusively new metal, <laughs> where he's before, he could enjoy an Ace of Base single every once in a while. Uh, sure. I never listen to Ace of Base, <laughs> and I'd like to see proof of it. If you've got proof of it, I would like to get a hold of it before we can put it to court, okay? All right. I never once listen to Ace of Base. Well, if you never listen to Ace of Base, what did they see? What did they see? 
I hope you don't get this answer wrong. I saw the sun. You saw the sun. See, that's a song, I isn't it? Eyes, I saw the sun. Nothing don't matter without understanding. Ace of Base holds up. But no, you could see he gets pretty wrapped up. I remember my cousins when they when corn when the corn cloud came oh, through my yeah. family, mm-hmm. and everybody kind of changed. The sullen attitudes, a lot of chain wallets, a oh, lot of yeah. like. The posture changes till you're kind of sti- like laying like a parallelogram all the time. <laughs> you have one shoulder bigger than the other. I'll never fully understand the chain wallet phase, but that's okay. Don't lose I your wallet. Ha- I no, had I a know. chain I wallet with a whole bunch of flames on it. I love that same wallet. Thing. I love it, buddy. I just ne- I never had one. I don't know. Well, Israel also started an online poker account using the name Blackheart as his hand. Wow, fucking <laughs> cool. And he topped it all off by branding his chest with an upside-down cross Ugh. and getting a pentagram tattooed on the base of his neck. Hey, man. <laughs> we, if, we, if I was more impulsive as a kid, I probably would have had a couple of pentagrams on me. Yeah. So I can't judge that no, because it happened. When you were a kid, you wanted to be a Catholic priest. You would have had a bunch of Celtic religious symbols on you. No, that's when you change. Well, if I had stayed in Queens and had become a priest, I would have gotten at least one of the Virgin Mary hands. That's very yeah, Queens. Yeah, you have to. Mm-hmm. You have that's to. just to stay in Woodhaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, some of my more impulsive decisions. I'm actually getting a tattoo removal starting on Tuesday. What? Really? Why are you doing yeah. that? I love your tattoos. Oh, no. One of them's pretty awful. I want to get a cover-up. <laughs> so if we have any uh, tattoo... If we have any tattoo artists listening... <laughs> you definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to get? Uh, I got ideas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to spitball any? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't, I don't want to spitball you. don't want to spitball? No, no, no. I got two ideas that I've been thinking about for about five years now. But yeah, if there's any tattoo artists that would in the in the area that would like to take a shot at it, get a hold yeah, of it. Is it the one with Donald Duck gaping his asshole? Was no. It, is that <laughs> yeah, I know I you told me about one. that. No, Am I not supposed to say yeah, that? It's the one, it's the one with yeah. uh, Donald Duck right after Goofy just blows a big old load. Wow. Isn't yeah, that something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. from your grave. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Do you know someone struggling to figure out their mental health benefits? The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office is here to help. Find us at insurance.ohio.gov slash G-E-T-M-H-I-A or call us at 855-438-6442. Don't wait. The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office can help you figure out what mental health insurance benefits may be in their plan. Call us today at 855-438-6442. From your grave. But while Tammy figured that Israel was just going through a phase, Keyes was plugging into something different altogether. Mm. He said during his confession that shortly after getting out of the military, the urge to kill started growing and that he had a sort of feeling that he needed to, quote, do something. And it's thought that in 2001, that's something that he felt he needed to do was murder. 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 Is it weird that I actually, you know what I certain equate Israel Keys to my mind? Is that to serial killers, he's kind of like the Roger from Doug of serial <laughs> oh, killers. Oh, sure, sure. 
Now, we say thought because Israel Keyes only openly admitted to three murders that could be confirmed, and he only kind of sort of admitted to one more. That would be a hell of a coincidence if he didn't do it. Hmm. But while Israel Keyes was in holding after his arrest, while cops were trying to get a full accounting of his crimes, they found a 10-page stream-of-consciousness document in which Israel described six murders in all. These fucking serial killers in there. These, it's these, because Mark Twitchell, too. Yeah. It's all, it's the diaries. Mm. Yeah, he does have yeah. a Twitchell-like vibe to him oh, as yeah. well, for sure. Yeah, very much a Twitchell-like vibe. And along with the letter, they also discovered that Keyes had been drawing pictures on his cell wall in his own blood. <laughs> He'd drawn 11 skulls, Uh-oh. and under the skulls, he had written, quote, We are one. <laughs> oh, yikes. Fuck yeah, corn music video activated, bro. Yeah. <laughs> now all the girls will love me. Now all the girls will want to be with me. Sounds like a song from 98 Degrees. We are one. It's it's very straight because, ah, oh, God, douchebag from the piece yeah, of shit. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Douchebag, yeah. So based on this and other things that Keyes said, the FBI thinks that putting Keyes' body count at at least 11 is a safe bet. Mm. And the FBI is still to this day looking for information concerning the seven other murders because they're pretty sure that he committed them, but they don't even know who the victims are. Well, in his long rambling confessions, they had over 25 hours of interview with him where they're Mm. slowly but surely trying to get whatever information that they can out of him by basically giving him Snickers bars, Americanos, and cigars. Peanut butter Snickers bars. That's true. Oh, Very well, that's not a bad choice. That's not a bad choice. But they kept bribing him with this. But he would leave. You would say these kernels of being like, there might have been a girl in Oregon. There might have been this. There, I don't know. I'm not really sure what hey, Israel. incident we're talking about. Yeah. Israel, you know, you're not you and you're hungry. Want to have a Snickers bar? <laughs> yeah, so he eats it. It just turns into it turns into like a- a- Ellen Page. <laughs> Get me out of here! I didn't murder those women. Shouldn't be. She was angry. She was angry. I've heard that. Now it's thought by the FBI that Keys began killing between July and October of 2001 when Keys was living in Nia Bay, Washington. Although we have no idea where he killed, how he killed, or who he killed. Hmm. But considering that we know about how he killed his last few victims, it is reasonable to believe when he said that he killed most of the rest of his victims in the same way. Stabbing followed by strangulation. But it's interesting because obviously we're in 2001. Uh, we know what happened September 11th, 2001. It seems like he could have just read up in the military. And uh, judging by the WikiLeaks footage we saw, he could have killed a lot more people. <laughs> he really could have uh, mixed both of his passions for the military and murder. Well, even though he did the stabbing the strangulation thing most of the time, he said that his second and third victims were actually killed by a blow to the head. Hmm. He said he actually wasn't trying to kill them, but he was merely trying to, quote, take them out of action, whatever that means. It sounds sort of like the uh, David Berkowitz first strike kills mm-hmm. when he didn't understand or when Ed Kemper talked about when he first stabbed somebody mm-hmm. he didn't really understand how difficult it was so it mm-hmm. sounds like he was kind of experimenting with his ways of doing it and because he wasn't fully committed 
to going all the way through it. Mm-hmm. Seems a lot more likely you're going to kill someone though if you hit them in the head with a blunt object. Yeah, you know, it, it I actually, think he probably knew what he was gonna do, what was gonna happen. It's important for people to know how easy it is. Like if you get into a fight and you punch somebody, you need to be really really careful because head injuries are really really easy to succumb people to death, and you can go straight from having like a sudden impulsive fight into a bar, and all of a sudden you're a murderer. Well, <laughs> see, this Did is why just... you should have a child. <laughs> this is why you need a son or a daughter. You realize you just described the plot to Con Air. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> how many how many times do we start talking and then re- realize it's just a Nicolas Cage movie? Yeah. Put the bunny back in the box. Well, regardless, Keys said that these victims, a still unidentified couple, were buried somewhere in Washington State. Oh. So after the couple in Washington State, Keys started taking road trips. In February of 2004, Keys rented a car in Salt Lake City and kept it for seven days, putting 522 miles on the vehicle. Mm. Now, we don't know if he actually committed a murder on that trip, but it does fit with his M.O. See, until his last victim, Keys never murdered close to home. Mm. He would rent a car, drive to where no one knew him, abduct someone, take them to another state to kill them, then take them to another state to get rid of the body. This is where people start calling him a mastermind. The, it's not. That's, it's just driving. It's just, just driving. It's not masterminding. No, it, it's just the concept of he knows that it's very difficult once you start crossing state lines to get a proper investigation going. And if you switch up MOs and you switch up the type of victims mm. that you're you're victimizing you will end up like it's very difficult to patch all that together and then he'd use excuses where because he'd have to get away from his family and he'd say stuff be like i gotta go to the cd store to make some <laughs> uh, returns yeah. and then be gone for five days well, in 2005 and 2006 keys did the state to state thing twice mm. and disposed of the bodies in the deeper parts of crescent lake in washington by tying weighted milk jugs to the bodies to help them sink to the bottom mm. yeah because that's how and because that's how he would hint mm-hmm. that he would murder people it's like you know that lake and it's out by it's like my chunk my chunk of lanka i like that lake. yeah have you been over that, there that's one of my favorite it has a lot of leeches in it and i love <laughs> but i tell you what it's 700 feet deep mm-hmm. yeah so how, do, how, do you, how do you know that i took a ruler <laughs> <laughs> Well, he said that he committed these murders by stabbing his victims with a four-inch Tanto folding blade mm. that he'd bought at Walmart. Which Tanto is pretty good knife. Yeah, as yeah. far as pretty nice knife as far as knives go. Yeah, Great commercial for yeah. it. Good. Yeah, is that integrated marketing? Are we doing it? Are I, we doing it? I like knives. <laughs> Let it sit. There it is. But as Israel Keys was doing this, his relationship was falling apart. No. Well, Tammy had developed a nasty opiate addiction. Oh, it's oh. Tammy's fault. No, it's. I mean, it's both. But that's why okay. Israel moved out of the house and took the daughter with him. And that's when Israel met a woman known by the pseudonym of Kimberly Anderson on Match.com, and the two of them started dating. Hmm. Well, things got serious between Kimberly and Israel, so when Kimberly was offered a job in Anchorage, Alaska, she invited Israel to come along. So, in 2007, Israel moved to Anchorage and started his own fairly successful contracting business, Keys Construction. But although Keys Construction kept him busy for a while, on Halloween of 2008, Keys was back at it. He flew to Seattle, rented a PT Cruiser, mm-hmm. and spent the next. Well, hold on a second. Why did you say that with such disdain? It is a it's disdainful a car. No, it's just a PT Cruiser. It's a PT Cruiser. Uh, that was one of the most disdained 
accent that I've ever heard you have. It, P- yeah. It's a PT Cruiser. It's fine. It's a PT Cruiser. <laughs> no, man. It's a fucking awful car. I remember when my buddy in college, I remember when it, I remember when I knew it was a bad car because he, he had a wood paneled PT Cruiser cool. and he picked me up for it and he's like, hey, Henry, when I, I checked out this fucking awesome band I started listening to. It's like, oh, what's it called? It's like, Maroon 5. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he right. put well, it, that... so it was like tru- tooling around Tallahassee in a PT Cruiser well, listening to, to Maroon 5. To all of our listeners listening to this very episode in a PT Cruiser, I think you look great on the road. Of course you would love a PT Cruiser. I just don't hate them the way that you do. Anyway, let's get back to Israel Keys. I'm sorry. Well, after he got the PT Cruiser, he spent the next three days traveling as far south as Arizona. Now, the FBI strongly suspects that Keyes committed a murder during this time. But the tell as far as why they think he committed a murder is, to say the very least, strange. It was on that trip that Keyes bought a fishing license in Wyoming. And because it, it seems like Keyes never passed up on a chance to do a little fishing when he was getting rid of a body. He paired the activities because a part of it was an excuse, right? Mm-hmm. It was an alibi. This is why I'm doing this. But also he just straight up would hide a body in a lake and then fish and then cook the fish and eat it. Mm-hmm. Very bizarre. Interesting. I'm a pescatarian. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. It was also during this time that Keyes started hiding what he called his kill kits in different states around the country. Mm. Using five-gallon plastic buckets, Israel would stash guns, knives, ammunition, wires, rope, and flashlights for use in future murders. Now what? that's something cool for kids to discover. <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> that would be that fucking would be, crazy. Yeah. That would be yeah. awesome. But you take these buckets, you'd fill it up to the brim with all of these items and hide it in various places, and then he would develop this sort of, I would say, close to sexual game, where he then knew he had planted a seed for a murder in some part of the country, and that he could go just show up out of nowhere, grab the kit, and go and commit one. And mm. the way he put it, he's like, Israel Keys, in his own words, was like, I was, remember being a kid and thinking about how fun it would be to find buried treasure. So I decided to just bury it myself. Well, that's not a lot of, that's not treasure. Treasure is usually gold or jewels. You're not my real dad. I don't know. I just. <laughs> well, among other places, Keys claimed that he buried a kill kit near Green River, Wyoming, and another near Port Angeles, Washington. Hmm. To date, two of them have been found. Okay. One in the Winooski River nature area in Vermont and one near the Black Falls Reservoir outside of Parrishville, New York. Hmm. And it was with the New York kill kit that he most likely murdered a woman abducted from New Jersey on April 9th, 2009. Hmm. This is one of his scariest aspects Mm -hmm. because he did make it so he had a mobile unit available whenever he wanted and he mm-hmm. did not have to worry about disposing or finding uh, material to kill people with he was prepared wherever he went okay deborah feldman of hackensack new jersey was oh. last seen on april 8th at a time when keys was known to be in the area and keys admitted to abducting a woman on april 9th and taking her to new york where he murdered her and buried her near tupper lake but what you might be wondering at this moment how did Israel Keys pay for all these flights down to the lower 48 in addition to paying for rental cars and gas money? Well, actually, I wasn't even wondering that, but now I am. Yeah, how the <laughs> hell did all that happen? Yeah, how do you get this bankroll? Did he have a GoFundMe? Did he have a, a Patreon page? He was a bank robber. 
This is, it's kind of, he would get his itch scratched halfway Mm -hmm. by robbing banks. Yeah. Keyes claims to have robbed multiple banks during his travels around the country. And we know for a fact that he robbed one on April 10th, 2009, the day after he probably murdered Deborah Feldman. Because that was the thing, is that Mm. he usually committed bank robberies after murders. It was like the cherry on top. Very bizarre. I hate him so much. <laughs> okay. I hate, him, I hate him. I hate him. But then he would also, but that's if you found one of these kill kits, it's filled with cash. Yeah. Okay. On that day, on April 10th, Keyes robbed Community Bank in Tupper Lake, New York. His MO would be to research towns on the internet looking for smaller places with three or four routes leading out of town. Then, once he found a bank that was suitable, he would smoke a cigar in the parking lot and walk inside wearing a disguise and do the whole everybody get down on the ground thing. Well, at Tupper Lake, Keyes used a forty caliber handgun to walk away with $10,000. Surveillance footage showed Keyes walking inside wearing gloves, sunglasses, jeans, and a pasted-on beard that <laughs> while it was obvious that the beard wasn't his own, it still looked suspiciously like real hair. It's a silly Van Dyke. Yeah. But it's weird. Like, it's weird how you could just wear something very obviously fake because then it throws people off, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when he was shown stills from the footage from the bank robbery during his interrogation and asked if it was real hair, and if so, where did he get that real hair? Key said, quote, You don't have to buy real hair. Hair's free. <laughs> Uh-oh. You fucking... Ooh. So this is a victim's I mean, hair. I don't really understand how... A cop didn't just grab him by the back of the head, just do one, like, <laughs> yeah. just turn the camera off. No, 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 we just want, just turn the camera off for a second, and then just Mel Gibson him one time into the fucking, ta- into the table. Yeah, I'm not sure how they were able to contain themselves. from your Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Ashley's Memorial Day sale is going on now. Shop our biggest selection of hot buys, cool deals, or shop limited time savings on new summer spaces. Plus, get 72-month special financing on select in-store mattress purchases made with your Ashley Advantage Synchrony credit card between May 14th and June 3rd. Whether you're redecorating indoors or rethinking your outdoor space, save big on this season's trending styles. Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. No minimum purchase required. See store for details. From your grave. So the day after the robbery, Keyes checked into the Handy Suites Hotel in Essex, Vermont, and <laughs> stayed four nights. What kind of place is this? Handy Suites? My goodness. <laughs> Sounds like a place Robert Kraft might visit. Yeah, it's just a sh- it's got shower stalls with hands and like little <laughs> grip motions so you could just stick your dick in and out of these porcelain hands. Oh, pretty nice. Huh? During that stay, Keyes walked down a path at the Woodside Natural Area and left his gun in a kill kit for later use. Then, on April 14th, he took a flight back to Alaska. But after another trip in which Keyes put 280 miles on a Ford Focus in three days coming out of Sacramento, 
he decided to take a break from the lower 48. Well, they said that mm. might have been because he ended up having a kid with Kimberly Anderson. Mm. So they're saying that they, during that time period, he had a kid and he knew he couldn't travel as much because, you know, the constant game is to have a normal family and job. Right, of course. And then you make an excuse to leave. You go, you commit your crimes where he said his shadow self yeah. would take over. Yeah. Where, you know, guy, he's like, his name was Bernie Randerson. Really? <laughs> Bernie Randerson. But they would go and do bu- bullshit and then come back. And so at that right. point, he couldn't he couldn't find the right alibis right. to leave. Mm. So that's what gets him off, the mm. double life. Well, instead of leaving to go to the lower 48... Israel decided he'd try something closer to home. In April of 2011, Keyes made a homemade silencer in his shed with parts bought from Home Depot ah. and took a rifle to Point Warrensoff Park in West Anchorage. That's a rough one. Point Warrensoff. War- Point right. Warrensoff. <laughs> Point Warrensoff. Got it. At about 10 p.m., Keyes set up a little sniper's nest in the bushes and scoped a young couple sitting in a car. But right before he pulled the trigger, an APD patrol cruiser came by and told the couple to move it along. Moment passed. Mm. Now, Israel wasn't going to kill these people because it was going to give him the same adrenaline rush that stabbing and strangling gave him. He said he just wanted to see if his homemade silencer worked. It reminds me of Kuklinski using the crossbow. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to see what would happen. Yeah, but if you're just testing the silencer, you can shoot a tree. That is true. Yeah, but then you don't kill people. No, yeah. I understand. That's because, the whole point. Well, you got to see. That's the thing is that you got to see if the uh, bullet is still going to move fast enough to kill someone. And he thought that well, you could just tell a gun, shh, <laughs> and the bullet would be very, very quiet. Ah, yes, of very, course. Very Genius. quiet. Very quiet. Pretty soon after the sniping attempt, Key staked out the North Fork Trailhead in Eagle River, Alaska, Mm. preparing for the kill by burying a shovel and a bottle of Drano in a garbage bag in the nearby woods, Keys was planning to kill a kayaker. Look, I made a meth tree. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> the plan was to just kill whoever happened to come along right there in the parking lot, dig a hole, then pour Drano on the body to speed along the decomposition process. But no one showed up, so Israel just went home. Now, there were two other murders that Keys caught to prior to the last three murders that we know he committed. Mm. One victim was described as a woman with a wealthy grandmother who had pale skin and drove an older car. Was this well, like the member of the Hearst family? And so <laughs> I've been watching a lot of the, uh, the that the Black Dahlia show, and it's got a lot of those people. Yeah. Like, well, you know, an old woman behind a car with like a huge car with a big steering oh, wheel yeah. going like, are you my daughter? <laughs> Just am. going over parking cones. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting. It seems like a strange description. He was very vague. He was purposely vague oh, this a is, lot of the time. This is a description that he provided. Yes. All of this I is. All of this, yeah, all of this is descriptions he provided. Okay, yeah. so we have to have a b- little bit of a grain of salt here. A little bit, but the murders that they were able to confirm lends a little credence to what he said. Okay. Well, that's because... The severity of those murders, too. We're going to get into the details of one of them in this episode. The the level of intensity of those murders shows he had a ramp-up period up Mm -hmm. until then. Mm -hmm. And the other murder that he talked about, he said he staged it to look like an accident. And there are possible international locations, too. He was known to travel to Montreal on a regular basis to visit brothels. And he made other trips to Mexico and Belize. 
How did he stage it to look like an accident? Put a bunch of shovels around? <laughs> what, what is the staging for that? You take no the body to the bottom of a construction site and you put a big plank at the top of one of the buildings and you put like a burger <laughs> at the very end of the plank so it just looked like they Mr. Magood their way. To their oh, I see. But the murders that we know with absolute certainty that Keyes committed was the double homicide of Bill and Lorraine Courier. Mm. In June of 2011, Keyes flew out of Ted Stevens International Airport in Anchorage. Nothing I love better than an independent airport. <laughs> it's a former senator. This is my airport. I'll tell you what planes go. I hate helicopters. Uh, I hate helicopters. I hate boats. Let's see here. Welcome to Ted Stevens Airport. Oh, looks like your name is Israel Keyes. I'm sorry. This whole, only Ted's allowed. Well, he flew out of Ted Stevens Airport and returned to Essex, Vermont, Ooh. where he had left a kill kit after the supposed murder of Deborah Feldman. On June 7th, Keyes checked into the same Handy Suites motel where he'd stayed three years earlier, then went out and got a three-day fishing license so he could have a nice relaxing time on Lake Champlain before committing his next murders. So, after he caught his fill, he returned to his kill kit and retrieved his gun, some zip ties, and a headlamp before driving back to Essex. See, before he'd gone fishing, mm. Keyes had been driving around Essex to scope out locations to take a prospective victim. He'd wanted to choose a church, again echoing BTK, then burned down the church after the murder. New metal! <laughs> yeah, man, he's so fucking cool! Good lord. Yeah. But he'd instead settled on an abandoned farmhouse. See, at this point, he hadn't even chosen his victims yet, because Israel Keyes didn't choose his victims until the last second. So... To be, to be, not to be fair to this asshole, but he was very meticulous. Yes. A lot of times people, in my understanding, is they have a body and then it's like Batman when he had the bomb and he couldn't dispose of it anywhere (laughs) because there was a family of ducks and whatnot. And they're like, what are we going to do? What am I going to do with his body? But it seems like he had this stuff well scouted. He was very, we have your organized and disorganized killers, right? He was very organized. Yeah. But a part of it was almost kind of like he would set up all of the factors to a T and then the sexual well, part it, of it was the the immediate choosing and all of that. The, the, mm. the game then would begin once he's prepared. I see. Well, around 8 o'clock p.m. on June 8th, 2011, Israel Keys packed a 40 caliber semi-automatic, cable ties, duct tape, a blindfold, and a headlamp into a backpack and walked out ready to kill. His first attempt came at the Cornerstone apartment complex just 100 feet down the street from his hotel. He was on the lookout for a man alone with a good car because Keyes planned on robbing a bank the next day. Mm. It was pouring rain as he waited in the dark for someone to drive up. And when a yellow Volkswagen pulled into the parking lot, Keyes thought he had his man. But since it was raining, the dude quickly dashed inside and Keyes lost his chance. No. <laughs> no. Yep. Feeling a little down about the missed opportunity, Keyes returned to his hotel room and came up with a different plan. What if I start a business selling cookies like Famous Amos? (laughs) Yeah, that would work. That would work. He figured instead of just abducting one man, that abducting a couple from their home would provide more satisfaction. Mm. So at midnight, Keyes left the hotel Mm. again and walked about a quarter mile down the road to Colbert Street, looking for a house that obviously had no kids inside, as the only exclusion Keyes made when it came to victims was kids. And dogs, because he said they straight-up complicated shit. Mm-hmm. 
So the, he knew that there was no kids inside because it seems like the couple was really happy. <laughs> he said when he'd go scout locations, he would try to find houses that look like old people who lived with kids that were out of the house. Mm. So he would look at stuff like, yeah, you'd have to see the CPAP machine outside. <laughs> yeah, you have so- to see a couple of foot baths. <laughs> so children and elderly people. So after finding a house that looked like it belonged to an older couple, Keyes first cut the phone line, not to keep them from calling the cops, but to see if cutting the line triggered an alarm that would bring the cops regardless. Mm. So when nothing happened, Keyes decided to move forward. He removed a fan from the garage window and climbed inside, wearing the headlamp so he could move covertly in the darkness. This is a little warning to you for you to understand that this is what happens when you kind of leave your house open like this. Like those fans can be easily pushed in mm-hmm. and then they have access to your house. Well, that's scary. Henry. Yeah, it is scary. <laughs> well, I just don't think we need to scare the audience. Maybe someone's listening at night and they have a fan in their window. Take it out of the window now. It's hot inside. Take it out it's of the window hot. now. Checking the registration on the Saturn sedan parked inside, Keyes found that his hunch about the house belonging to a childless older couple was correct. So, wanting to take him completely by surprise, Keyes picked up a crowbar and smashed the window of the door leading to the kitchen and made it to the bedroom of Bill and Lorraine Courier within seconds. Once there, Keyes restrained the couple with zip ties and rummaged through the courier's belongings, finding their cell phones and Lorraine's Luger handgun. Now, after getting what he wanted, Keyes took the couriers down to their garage and forced them into their own car. Lorraine was put in the front with her hands tied behind her back and her feet tied together, while Bill was put in the back and tied much the same way. Then Keyes began driving away in the couple's sedan. But Keyes didn't tell him that he was going to kill him. Rather, he told them that they were being kidnapped for ransom money. Ugh. And he was just taking them to a safe house where his colleagues were waiting. And they were screaming about how, I mean, obviously, but they, they said the Bill's line as he was talking to him was like, you have the wrong people. Yeah. Like, we don't have any money. We, this is a mistake. Obviously, you want to be, you're in some drug deal. You're in over your head, but you, we're the wrong people. We're not involved in the drug trade. Mm. Yeah. They're like, we have $100 in our bank account. You're not getting any money from us. Oh, so sad. But he still didn't have everything he needed, so he stopped back off at the Handy Suites. He ran inside, got a shovel, trash bags, and two gallons of Drano, and then he came back out and stored all of his belongings in the trunk. Now that he had everything he needed, he drove to the vacant farmhouse he'd picked out for the crime and parked out back. Bill was taken in first. Keys walked him to the pitch black basement and strapped him to a stool with more zip ties before going back for Lorraine. But when he got there, he found that Lorraine had broken loose. This is like from like a horror movie. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is. She'd just gotten herself free when Keys returned, so she took off running, but Keys caught up to her without much trouble and tackled her to the ground. Lorraine was then dragged to the second floor bedroom and secured to a mattress with duct tape. But just as Keyes was tying a rope around Lorraine's neck, he heard noises coming down from the basement. Bill had gotten loose as well and was fumbling in the dark looking for a weapon. So Keyes went down with the shovel he'd brought and hit Bill in the head. Then he went upstairs, grabbed his gun, came back down, and shot Bill ten times. Jeez. And he says that's the only time he ever shot someone. And the only reason why he shot him was because he said he lost his temper because Bill wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. Oh, just sit there and die a different way? Follow mm-hmm. directions! Oh, God. It wasn't until the last shot was fired that Bill finally fell to the ground, dead. Mm. 
Then Keyes went back upstairs, gagged Lorraine with paper towels and duct tape, raped her, then strangled her with his hands until she passed out. When she woke back up, Keyes took her to the basement where her husband's dead body lay in the dark and sat her on a bench. Putting on leather batting gloves first, Keyes strangled her to death from behind with a rope before tightening a cable tie around her neck to make sure she was dead. Keyes then put both bodies in heavy trash bags, using two on each of them to make sure they were fully covered. After that was done, he poured a gallon of Drano on each body before tossing the bags in the corner of the basement and covering them with wood and garbage he found lying around. Once the bodies were suitably hidden, he drove the courier's car to a Lowe's parking lot and walked back to the handy suites where he checked out and drove his rental car to visit his brother in Bangor, Maine. And that's why instead of being a serial killer, you should busy yourself with building a website with Squarespace. <laughs> Thank you yeah. so much to Squarespace, our sponsors. Integrated marketing, very good. Well, after he got back from Bangor, Maine, he stopped at a national forest and burned a suitcase full of the courier's belongings, then returned to Essex so he could see the chaos he'd caused relishing the sight of police tape around the courier's home. Which is why I think that everything that we'll cover in his confessions in the next episode is a fucking, he's full of shit. He yeah. wanted all the attention that he could get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And finally, Keyes drove to Chicago and took a flight back to Anchorage, where, less than a year later, he would commit his final and cruelest murder. And that's where we'll pick back up for Israel Keyes Part 2. All right, there it is, Israel Keyes. I mean... It, it is a, it's an interesting story. The bank robberies, yeah. I mean, all the murders. There's a lot to I mean, it. It's crazy. But and again, that was 2000. And, this was 2009. Uh, the, it, it was between pretty much between 2001 and 2012. Wow. It is okay. It, it also, I. Fine for us, right? We don't cover a lot of modern killers. No, no, we don't. So this is probably one of those modern stories we've told in terms of like the up until the time period of how much coverage it got. Right. And now right. when you can look back and see, I think one of the more interesting things about this case is that you can go and watch hours of his fucking face talk. And so you and- could start to see, like put him in these scenarios. You see this, this rat face fuck talking for a couple hours and then you, you you're like you wonder what your connection is to the stories because yeah. you don't really get that unless it's ted bundy the really high profile ones which is why israel keys in the end i think got the high profile status that he got because all those interviews were released well, because and- of a new york author ended up having got them all popped um with the freedom of information act uh, mm-hmm. because he was trying to write a book on israel Keyes. and don't forget headline news was 24 7 crime shows mm-hmm. nancy grace oh i remember her talking about this in real time yeah and you can trust nancy Nancy Grace, because yes, she has a nice blouse up top. Down below, as we saw at CrimeCon, sweatpants and cowboy boots. I dare you to hit me in the head with a two by four and see if I'll stop reporting. <laughs> she really wouldn't. She had an interesting fashion, but she was very nice. She was I with eat all the lipstick and I crap diamonds. I know you do, Nancy. I know you do. All right, Israel Keys Part Two uh, coming at you next. Not next week. We'll be taking a pause next week when we're going to have Israel Keys back in two weeks uh, because we're going to be doing our episode with Marcus to catch up on contemporary true crime. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Can't wait for that. 
Um, so yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks so much for giving to our Patreon. Without you, nothing exists. It would all be gone. And we love you very much, so thank you. And uh, you can check out the interview series that Henry and I do on that little thing there, the Patreon. We blab and blab and blab. And I think we got a good, a good interview coming up here in the very near future. We got a, we got a big dookie one coming yeah. up soon. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, support page seven, Jackie Zabrowski. By the way, uh, hot-dog.org, uh, the Vice Vice President, I believe, will be on page seven uh-huh. uh, this week or next week. Uh, he reached out to her I, on Twitter, so I, she is going to be the hot dog and sausage council ambassador. Well, we don't, we don't know, know if she's going to be. I know. You have to vote. You have to vote. But we're they, not going to. We're not going to Hillary Clinton this thing. We don't know if it's I in the bag. I know. Okay, no super delegates have voted yet. Uh, it's it's uh, it's up for uh, it's up to you. And um, yeah, check out Abe Lincoln's top hat for uh, you know good political news. Page seven. Where's our the the bros? Are movie yeah. sign with the mads? Oh, I don't know why we're talking like this, but uh, <laughs> all the shows that you love here on the the Last Podcast Network. Thank you so much for supporting the whole network. Everything is doing great. Everything is going up so far. So uh, it's very nice, guys. Also, you've heard me t- spout about this before. Please. Watch your pretty face going to hell yeah. on May third. Adult Swim. How much? How much urine is splashed on your face in this season? Because I know last season you were a urinal three or four times. No, I honestly, no, not a lot of piss this time. Okay, mm-hmm. but you'll okay. see. I am, I am covered in substances. What's cool. the most embarrassing thing that Gary had to go through? Would you say? Why well, not say the? Uh, I think the, truly embarrassing uh, personally was on the show uh, was behind the scenes where I was sitting on a spike. For in the first season, and they created this rig that was go went underneath my underwear, where was this spike thing that I could sit on, kind of like a bike, like you know when you have like when you kick out the fucking uh, what's it the uh, uh, kickstand, kickstand. Okay, it was like that, but it was like on my asshole. Okay, and it would support all of my weight on it, and I ended up getting a rash. Well, yeah, it sounds, <laughs> sounds like a torture device, yes, as a matter of fact. It sounds was. like a Spanish donkey. And they there. all laughed at it. Okay, great. Um, anything else, Marcus? We got our shows coming up. You gotta come out. Uh, we are doing very well with tickets, but they are going fast. Check out Vancouver. Salt uh, Lake City. Salt Lake City. We need your help. Come to us in Salt Lake City. Otherwise, we're pretty uh, we're pretty zipped up. Yeah, we're doing pre- yeah, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, coming uh, at the uh, end of uh, May, the 17th, 18th, and 19th, that's Kansas City, Denver, and Salt Lake City. The 30th is Vancouver. Uh, Seattle our, our Seattle and Portland shows are all sold out. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, we're going to Australia, and then uh, uh, we're going to be coming to Oakland, San Diego, and Los Angeles in July, the 18th, right. the 20th, and 21st. Uh, and then, of course, it's our European tour. Yeah. Out in uh, September. So come I'm on not, out to Stockholm and Berlin. I think. Hey, I, I'm not a PN. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you are the single oh, funnest man <laughs> I've ever met. I know that. Salt Lake City, come on out, yeah, people. Come on out to Salt Lake we City. We cannot wait to go back to Salt Lake City. Um, they are a fun bunch, believe it or not. These Mormons know how to party. They so really we will, do. We will be out there with you. It almost like they're they're like drinking to beat back all their horrible real impulses. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Gene. And I want to give a hail to Mindy. Um, she was a she she just uh, lost her battle to cancer. Oh. And I saw a uh, a fan um, emailed a little screenshot of them talking on Aww. Facebook. So Mindy, uh, you know, sorry to sorry to hear. I hope you're hope you're Friends and family of Mindy are doing okay yeah. and getting through it. It's never yeah. easy, but hail Mindy! Yes, hail, hail Mindy. Mindy! Hail Mindy! Absolutely, and hail me! You know, 
<laughs> Why not? Because <laughs> I will get cancer one day. I know we all we all could. One of, honestly, one of us probably. The, the heart attack will kill me before the cancer. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, yeah, not for you, but for me. I yeah. think the heart attack is the way to go. Yeah, it means you lived a good life. Oh yeah, you like the Sony Pro- You got a lot of you know. A lot of animal fats. Yep, yep. No, this is a great way to end it. (laughs) Perfect. Just perfect. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats to keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in, like you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life.